What's up, folks? Welcome to another edition of Matt Sports House. I am your host, Matthew Anderson. Uh, y'all, we're throwing it back this week on this episode. It's just me. My analysts are all out doing stuff, but I do have a great episode prepared for you all. So without further ado, welcome to my sports house. All right, so like I said, very excited about this episode. Let's go ahead and jump right into it. We're going to start off in Clemson, South Carolina, where Clemson did, in fact, get a win over the Pittsburgh Panthers with the final score of 52-17. Y'all, Clemson hung 31 points in the first quarter. Pitt had four interceptions thrown, five turnovers uh, in total. And so you know, for the most part, if you have four interceptions a game, you're not winning that game, especially against Clemson. Trevor Lawrence, I was looking at like how, because I was looking at the schedule and I was like, how long has it been since Trevor Lawrence has played? The last time Trevor Lawrence has played in a game was October 24th against Syracuse. So I know he was like really, really ready to get back going. And it showed in his performance. He had, he went 26 for 37, 403 yards and two touchdowns. Cornell Powell, one of the wide receivers of Clemson, number 17, senior. I'm pretty sure he redshirted. He's a redshirt senior at this point. He has six catches for 176 yards and one touchdown. I think that the, one of the best things that could have happened to Cornell Powell was that he had to redshirt one of those years prior because with the absence of Justin Ross, T. Higgins out the way, and him just being able to really kind of show what he's made of. DeAndre Overton's already has left Clemson as well. I think they came in the same class. With the absence of those guys, he's really been able to show how well he can perform, and I think he'll probably mess around and get drafted maybe the third or fourth round, whereas before, if he would have went last year, he probably potentially would have been undrafted free agent. I think he would have, he might have had a chance to make the roster, at least as like on the practice squad or something, but he's really been balling out this year. And one of the things to think about Clemson, especially like the Trevor Lawrence, with him not playing that long, he will be fresh come to play off an ACC championship game, whereas teams like Notre Dame and the other teams are probably end up playing. Well, I don't know, because there are being a lot of cancellations now. But it seems like those teams might be maybe a little a little bit banged up. But Trevor Lawrence, like, yo, I didn't play since October. So in these games, he's he's really good to click it. And I'm sure that all this time he's been working on his fundamentals. You don't know, be as good as he is without doing those. So we're going to keep it going here. We're going to go down to the Midlands where the University of South Carolina was beaten by the Georgia Bulldogs with a final score of 45 to 16. Georgia was running, those running backs were running the ball through wide open lanes. It actually kind of reminded me of how the uh, Redskins running back was doing it with the Cowboys. I mean, the lanes were wide open. Georgia as a team rushed for 332 yards. That's usually how the amount of yardage you pass for so that's amazing they average almost eight yards a play 7.6 yards per play so excuse me great game for georgia on the ground jt daniels is definitely the guy moving forward for them at quarterback uh, duan mathis has left the team it's crazy a little backstory of duan he was supposed to he was originally going to go to ohio state but instead he decided to come to georgia because justin fields was leaving and it, it just hasn't worked out for him so it'll be interesting to figure out where he lands Nick Muse, though, I'll tell you what, since USC has made the quarterback change, Nick Muse has definitely been playing a little bit better. He had eight receptions for 131 yards and a touchdown. Nick Muse, Tanner Muse's brother, the tight end at uh, South 
Tanner Muse was the safety at Clemson. Nick Muse, tight end, University of South Carolina. Just in case you don't know, he has already announced that a Bobby. Um, oh my gosh, why am I forgetting this? Bobby Bentley. And it's funny because Jake Bentley was playing for Utah this past weekend, so it was really interesting to watch that game. But if Bobby Bentley comes back, Nick Muse says he will return. I don't know if Bobby's going to make it on the coaching staff turnover. We'll see what happens. Looked at this, some research. Carolina had 25 players missing from the game one roster between guys who've opted out, some guys who have COVID on the team and injuries. So it's almost amazing that uh, they were even able to play this game. I heard it best. It was David versus Goliath. Carolina was definitely <laughs> Carolina was definitely David and Georgia was Goliath. But in this case, Goliath won that battle. Not like it did the bike. Also, Shy Smith has told the coaches that he's preparing for next year at this point. He's going to probably go ahead and start his draft preparation unless something major happens. I think this is a smart move by Shy simply because there's nothing else to play for in South Carolina. And he's already in the concussion protocol. So, like, the worst has kind of already happened here. Let's go ahead and start preparing for next year. South Carolina is going to have this two-win year unless they get a win next week. But I don't think they will. Pretty sure they play Kentucky. So, we'll see what happens with that. Now, as far as the head coaching search, Shane Beamer, who is an assistant in Oklahoma right now, which is where a lot of people think is going to be the next guy in South Carolina. I still would prefer Hugh Freeze, but they might go with Shane Beamer. Anyway, he has already interviewed with Ray Tanner as far as Friday this past week. He has no offer yet for what reports are saying, but keep a lookout on that one. They've got him in there quickly. I think the fans said they wanted him. Some of the analysts said they wanted him. So uh, we'll, we'll look forward to seeing what happens with there. We're going to come back to this, you see, in one second. We're just going to jump here really quickly to kind of the Cinderella schools, if you will. BYU and Cincy, which are both undefeated teams. According to Urban Meyer, I was listening to college football on Fox. Y'all make sure you go check that out. I know most of us watch game day, ESPN game day with Kirk Herbstreit, David Pollock, and those guys, Desmond Howard. But Urban Meyer and Reggie Bush, Matt Liner, those guys have been killing over in college football on Fox. Anyway. So they were talking about how low ranked uh, BYU and Cincy was because the, the BYU and Cincinnati fans are a little bit upset the fact that they're not ranked a little bit higher since they're both undefeated teams have been playing really well this year. But according to Urban Meyer, there are some of the best teams in the country and should be ranked higher. Now I'm going to let y'all listen to his explanation on it. But I will say, if Urban Meyer, who's won three national championships and I consider one of the best college football coaches of all time, says something like this, you might want to listen to it. So here's a clip. I went back and Monday and Tuesday, I sat for hours and I watched Cincinnati and BYU. I'm telling you from, yep. and I have a lot of experience pushing the play button. Reggie, they're really good. Yeah. I think they're way ranked. Uh, I think Cincinnati should be higher. I think BYU should be much higher. You take their helmets off and put them in. You have the Pac-12, Big 12, and Big 10. They easily could be in those conference championship games. That's how good I think they are. Yeah, so that's what Urban thinks. So I'm going to go ahead and agree with Urban. Those guys should be ranked higher. Really liked his take on the fact that he thinks that if those teams were competing, I think he said the Pac-12 or one of the other major, in it, or the Big 12, he thinks they would be able to compete as well. However, they're not. So they might make a they might make one of the New Year's Six games, but I don't think they make it to the playoff. But this is another reason why a lot of people want the playoff to go ahead and expand because they want to be able to see a BYU versus an Alabama. Maybe they don't beat Alabama, but at least the opportunity. It kind of reminded me of the Boise States of the past days. But we're going to shout out Urban Meyer. Absolutely love his content. Anytime I see he uploads anything on YouTube, I'm already on it, just like I am with Quincy Avery, Jordan Palmer. Y'all want to know what's going on in football? You need to know what's going on with the quarterbacks. You want to know what's going to the quarterbacks? Go to the two premier quarterback training uh, guys in the country and Ronville, too. I'm, I'm going to try to get all three of those guys on the podcast for next year. So, 
if y'all see them as a matter of fact at them on this episode if you're on twitter of well whenever you get on twitter next anyway we're gonna keep moving we're going back to the sec florida beat kentucky kyle pitts who made his return this game had five catches 99 yards three touchdowns for the tight end that is your john mackey award winner for the best tight end in the country i'm gonna talk about the best receiver why am i drawing a blank right here the best receiver award in the country We'll keep moving. I'm sure I'll think of it later. Kyle Trask in this game. So the dynamic duo, who's the quarterback for Florida, in case you're wondering, Kyle Pitts is tight end. Kyle Trask went 21 for 27 for 256 yards and a touchdown. Kyle Trask has really been on one this year. Besides the loss to AM, which he performed really well in, regardless. I think that game was at AM. He he's really just been on one this year. And you love to see it. I wonder, I would love to see where he ends up going in the draft. Now we're going to go to the Iron Bowl. Nick Saban had COVID this time, and it was for real, not false false positives. So he couldn't be on the sideline. He said he was in his house just yelling at the TV. You know, Nick Saban's going to get it in regardless. Um, but I think he kind of expected his team to roll over Auburn this year, and they did beating Auburn with the – I was going to beat Auburn with the final score of 42-13. Mac Jones, the Heisman Trophy candidate, went 18 for 26 for 302 yards and five touchdowns. Mac Jones is another one that's been on one this year. Y'all know me, big Justin Fields fans. Can't even be mad though if Mac Jones wins the Heisman this year. He's been balling at another level. Devontae Smith, the best wide receiver in the country. The Blintikoff Award, boom, I knew, I knew I'd remember it. He should get that one. So it's probably, both of those awards are probably gonna live in the SEC this year. He has seven catches, 171 yards, two touchdowns. Guy is just different. Look forward to seeing him getting taken on the first day in the draft and him to have hopefully a long college, a whole long NFL career. We're going to stay in the XCC. <clears throat> Excuse me. Texas A&M did, in fact, beat LSU. Final score 20-7. to I think a lot of people are sleeping on my guy Isaiah Spiller. He's a running back for Texas A&M. I think he is definitely one of the best running backs in the SEC. Probably one of the better ones in the country. 27 carries, 141 yards, and touchdown. He's had a 100-yard game in every uh, in every game besides Arkansas this year, which is just one out of, like, I want to say seven, if I'm not mistaken. Also, Terrace Marshall Jr., number six, LSU, has decided to opt out, go ahead and prepare for NFL draft. Can't blame him. LSU has had, a big, has had a terrible year. Been listening to a lot of Joe Burrow interviews this weekend. Man, Joe Burrow is so confident. He just talks about a story on RJ Young has it. So go check out his YouTube channel, but how coach O got Joe Burrow to come to LSU. And it's a great clip. RJ Young's another great channel on YouTube. Make sure you check him out. Go support him. He is not on the step ladder. That's what he always says. Kind of funny. But anyway, we're going to stay in the SEC. I think this is about it for our SEC talk right here with this last take I have. So Vanderbilt, extremely relevant this weekend in college football with some major moves. First of all, they had a woman kicker, Sarah Fuller. I wouldn't say female, but y'all know how that goes. Sarah Fuller, who actually plays on the soccer team. And so she was the first woman to ever participate in a Power 5 football game. One thing I thought was crazy about this was she got to kind of give a halftime speech to the Vanderbilt football team because she felt like they weren't encouraging each other enough on the sideline. It was just too quiet. And I'm like, y'all, that's kind of terrible. For somebody else to have to come in and tell y'all this, like, y'all need to lift this culture up. And so, I mean, I'm happy she did it. And it probably was definitely something somebody needed to say. I think one of the assistant coaches went up to her after the halftime speech and was like, y'all, I've been, or I think they went and said that they had been wanting to say that for the longest. So really cool for her to come in, 
you know, usually you expect like a girl in the football locker room to kind of be quiet. She's like, nah, bro, y'all need to hear this. So salute to her on being able to accomplish that. Be the first, like I said before, be the first woman ever participate in a Power 5 football game. It blew up on social media, as I'm sure you all saw, unless y'all lived under a rock. Uh, but yeah, but anyway, with that being said, less than 24 hours later, Derek Mason, the head coach at Vanderbilt, was fired. And now everybody's trying to try and be politically correct and say they went their, went in separate directions, but I think he was fired. He just wanted to get the job done in a results-oriented business. He went 27 and 55 in I'm thinking, I'm pretty sure it was seven years. My notes say five years. One, two, five or seven years at Vanderbilt. I knew this was coming. And I, I honestly thought it was kind of a little late, to be honest with you. Here's the thing. James Franklin, who's not at Penn State, when he was at Vanderbilt, he did an outstanding job there, going 24 and 15 in his time there. And although it was hard, he was able to get it done. And I think that although it's kind of hard because Vanderbilt has a very hard, uh, very high academic, academic standards, to where you have to meet in order to play football there, but you got to get some guy, a guy there that really wants to be there and going to try to push the athletes to the best. I'm sure Derek Mason tried to push him to the best of his capabilities, but you need you need a winning in a results oriented business. So here's the thing: a lot of people think that they're going to go out and get Jeff Monken from the the head coach at Army, who runs a triple option offense. Will he'll bring it with them and hire offensive coordinator that suits that system as well. And a lot of people think that it's time for Vandy to go to a triple option offense. The reason being is because, is because it controls the clock and it's a lot harder for teams to prepare for. This is kind of where the reasons where at first teams struggle with Georgia Tech so much. It's like literally all year you see spread, spread, spread. And then you have to practice, even in the preseason, a little bit of this triple option stuff. Now, I think it'd be a great move for those, like I said before, to control the clock and as far as hard for teams to prepare for. The flip side of that, though, is that Vanderbilt does play in the SEC, who has some of the best front seven defensive players in the country. So they will definitely be up for the challenge and it's very hard to recruit to that system because think about it, besides running back in that triple option offense, you have a quarterback that's not going to get the throw, which means that he's going to go to the NFL and have to go play a, a running back or receiver. You have linemen that are, are having to chop instead of regularly block, and that doesn't translate very well to the NFL as well because they don't do that in the NFL besides on specific plays. And you have a whole bunch of receivers that are at the block. So it's like basically like, <laughs> kind of like going to the Ravens, if you will, as far as being a wide receiver. So that's kind of hard to recruit to because your chance of going to the NFL, uh, I guess on the defensive side of the ball doesn't really matter. But on the offensive side of the ball, it's like, yeah, I could, I could do something different. But I think it'd be a really good idea for – Vanderbilt, at least to try it, what they're doing right now is not working. And unless you got James Franklin walking through that door again, with who's that committed to it, then I don't, I don't see it happening anytime soon as far as uh, them becoming relevant. And then also, I think they're gonna have to put a lot more money, probably more than what Vanderbilt is willing to do, uh, to stay competitive as far as in recruiting and stuff like that. Especially with all those things that they I just listed, because those are a whole bunch of reasons why a guy would not want to come to Vanderbilt. And not to mention, not like Vanderbilt has any sold out or games or anything like that. It's it's the your mama. You, I always say this, like <laughs> you go to school like Vanderbilt, your mama's going to be there. Grandma's going to be there. Not this year because COVID. Your dad going to be there. And that's it. Like nobody else comes to the game. Students don't even come to the games. I think they just ready for basketball season and they're just trying to complete their degree. So that's my take on what's happening at Vanderbilt. I would like to see them go get Jeff Monken though and see what they can get worked out there and definitely switch to the triple option. Just give every team something a little bit more that uh, something they have to prepare for and it just might uh, mess around and work in your favor. But we're going to stay in college football here. We're going to the Big Ten where Ohio State had a COVID outbreak. 
Ryan Day, the head coach, had it as well. So they were going to have to have Larry Johnson be the head coach. I think his name is Larry Johnson Jr., as a matter of fact. Now, the problem with Ohio State is the Big Ten's rules say that if a team misses three games in the Big Ten, they're not eligible for the conference championship game. So that means if Ohio State, if either one of their last games of this year, being Michigan State or Michigan gets canceled, they will not be able to play in the conference championship game. In the grand scheme of things, I really don't think it matters that much just because the I the playoff committee uses the eye test to kind of figure out where the best four teams in the country. And I think we all know Ohio State is up there. But for my prediction here is I have it. Clemson, Notre Dame, winner of that game, ACC championship game in Charlotte. It's going to be a great one. A lot on the line here. You love to see championship games, but there's a lot on the line. So the winner of that game gets their spot in the playoff. Alabama-Florida SEC championship game in Atlanta. Winner of that game gets a spot to play off. Ohio State's going to get their spot. Now that fourth spot is going to be it's going to be interesting to see how that works out because you have AM who feels like they deserve it, but they won't get the chance to participate in the SEC championship game because Alabama will have their bid. So that's not happening. I think what's going to come down to is if Florida can beat Alabama, Alabama will still take that fourth spot. If not, though, if what happens when we expect to have Alabama take care of business, I think as long as Notre Dame does not get blown out by Clemson, showing that Trevor Lawrence and the rest of the guys that missed that game, that first matchup between Clemson and Notre Dame was that big of a deal, I think Notre Dame will get that spot. So as long as Notre Dame can keep it close, I feel like they'll be able to stay in the playoff discussion. BYU and Cincinnati fans, I know y'all are listening. You're probably upset. I'm sorry. I don't really care. It's just not happening this year. You got to join the Big 12 or a better conference. It's just what it's going to have to turn into. The problem for those schools is they're not always going to have these kind of years because those coaches will leave to go to the bigger programs, the Power 5 programs, so they can compete in the college football playoff as well as the players will go. You don't always have this mix of players. So, Something to think about. We'll see what happens there, but that's just my prediction on it. Y'all know I do a helmet sticker every week. This one's going to Jared Patterson for the Buffalo Buffalo Bulls. Yeah, Buffalo Bulls. Thought that was the Bills for a second. The Buffalo Bulls running back had, most of us know him, know them because of the Chicago, I'm drawing a blank right now, the Chicago linebacker who is balling out. Oh man, I can see his face right now. Khalil Mack, he also went to Buffalo. Anyway, Buffalo Bills running back, Bulls run, Buffalo Bulls running back, Jared Patterson gets the helmet sticker, having 36 carries for 409 yards and eight touchdowns. There's more touchdowns than some teams' offenses had this year. That's amazing. Buffalo also got the win, final score 71-40. What a day for Jared Patterson. Mark May and Lou Holtz would be proud of you. All right, we're gonna move to NFL here real quickly. This is my guy. Sean Watson was throwing dimes on Thanksgiving Day before he had his Thanksgiving meal. Beat the Lions 41-25. D. Watt went 40, I mean, he went 17 for 25 for 318 yards and four touchdowns. He actually would have had, we would have had more offense, but our offense lineman kept running downfield or we had a lot of holding penalties to the point where like, it was like he would throw a touchdown. And it's like, okay, that's coming back. Go do it again, Deshaun. And he just, he, he just delivered. Deshaun Watson's been on one as of lately. Although the team, the record has not necessarily suggested he's had a really good year this year. Quincy, everything he's had actually had one of his better years. It's just, he doesn't have the surrounding cast. Now, Will Fuller, the guy that we almost traded to the Packers to go win a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers potentially, has six catches, 171 yards, and two touchdowns. Thank God that deal did not work out. J.J. Watt also had a pick six, which was followed by which was followed by a missing extra point from us 
But nonetheless, good, a good win. We moved to four and seven. I'm hoping that we go into feed for this year. Maybe we find our way to the playoffs. We need to beat the Colts this week, though. We got to beat the Colts. Phillip Rivers and the in company. T.Y. Hilton, we need all those guys taken care of this week. Also, another news, the Houston Texans did, in fact, let go of Kenny Stills, which means half of that deal where we gave up that first-round pick is now has now just walked right out the door. It was him and Laramie Tunzel, by the way. Now, for my Houston Texans fans, just know if we're in an empty backfield, that's Deshaun. That's how Deshaun Watson likes to play. We don't need to run it back in the backfield, get everybody lined up out wide, and let him read the coverages and get the ball to his playmakers. So if you see that, he's about to be on one. Love Deshaun Watson. And make sure y'all go out and buy his book, by the way. Make sure you go out and support the kid. Um, he also had a dope commercial that just came out with U.S. Nike football. So make sure you go check that one out as well. Now, Matthew Stafford, though, in this game did play really well. Kind of reminded me a little bit of as far as athleticism of Sam Darnold, which is not what I was expecting to see out of Matthew Stafford throwing the ball with the different throwing angles and off-platform throws. I think the problem, I heard Eric Thomas said this on his podcast, E.T. the Hip Hop Preacher. He said the thing that, that not that they don't like Matthew Stafford in Detroit, it just seems to them that he's okay. Not that he's okay with losing, but it's like, ah, it just kind of comes with it at this point. They kind of want a young person in there who's not used to losing. Like, this is why Justin Fields and somebody would be really happy because it's like, no, 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 I'm not used to this. It's just Matthew Stafford been there so long. He's seen what he's seen. It's like, it is what it's going to be. So I can understand both sides of it, but they probably will go get a quarterback in the first round. Now, in other news for teams in Texas, on Thanksgiving Day, the Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys did, in fact, get beat by Alex Smith and company and the Redskins, the final score 41 to 16. Antonio Gibson was running through wide open holes in the line of scrimmage. Gibson had 20 carries for 115 yards on the ground and three touchdowns, so big day for him. We're gonna go through a couple more of the NFL scores. The Packers did in fact beat the Bears with the final score 41 to 25. Uh, Green Bay had 21 points in the second quarter. So if you give up 21 points to Aaron Rodgers in a quarter, you're not winning that game. Moving forward here, the Patriots beat the Cardinals. Well, I was shocked with this one because Cam only had 84 yards in the air going nine for 18 and completing half, half of his passes. But the Patriots got to win 20 to 17 and they kept and they will keep it moving. Tampa Bay lost to the Chiefs 27-24. I thought that game was going to be a blowout. Patrick, Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes boy, is what Shannon Sharp says. Went 37 for 49 for 462 yards and three touchdowns. Tyreek Hill had 13 catches for 269 of those uh, 462 yards and three touchdowns. So big day for Tyreek Hill. He definitely earned his money. The Steelers-Ravens game, which is originally supposed to be on Thanksgiving Day, was postponed to Sunday, now Tuesday. Lamar Jackson has COVID. Don't think he got over it that quickly. Like That would be record time. So I don't think he'll be playing on Tuesday. So I predict that the Steelers should move forward undefeated. And it's funny because I talk about this all the time. It's not that I don't like the Steelers. I feel like most people don't like the Cowboys. It's just the, the it's them Steelers fans. So just throw them away. But they're undefeated right now. I'm going to give them some time. We're going to bring Jalen back on the podcast after a while, and he will continue to talk about his Steelers. I'm sure he sent his guy, I forgot the guy's name, uh, Good Game Tech. So, you know, Jalen. Jalen was absolutely hilarious. Go check out his music, y'all. He's all over YouTube and his Instagram. I don't have my phone with me right now, but. Go check out Jalen. Go check out that episode. I think it is featuring Jalen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Y'all know where to find it. You're here now. Thanks for listening. We're going to keep it moving here, though. I just want to give a major shout-out to Kendall Hilton, who had to play quarterback for the Broncos this week because Drew Locke and the quarterbacks in Denver 
were in a meeting, they weren't socially distancing or they weren't wearing the mask. And so the whole quarterback room got COVID. So they had to bring up Kendall Hilton. There you go. Kendall Hilton to play quarterback this week. Little backstory on him. He played quarterback at Wake Forest, went undrafted into the NFL, was brought up from the practice squad, no practice reps at quarterback, and was told to get into this NFL game. Team to get the win. But major shout out to him just for getting out there and be able to do that. He got paid $35,000 that week to be an NFL starting quarterback, which is crazy because guys like Russell Wilson and Deshaun make like $160 million, and he got paid $35,000. Now, that, now, granted, they get paid $160 million for like four years or whatever, but even their game check is like that. So, but this guy, and I was at first, I was sitting there thinking, like, I wonder if the management might throw in a couple, you know, $1,000 extra for me to do this for Kendall Hilton. But I thought about it. They're not doing that. He's an employee up there. They're saying you did what you were supposed to do. At least you got in the NFL game. Now you might be able to go out and get you an endorsement or something. So it's just not going to happen. But it's wishful thinking. But major shout out to Kendall once again for being able to hop in there and do that. The Broncos, said the Broncos didn't get the win, but even be able to do that in the NFL game, that, that that's hard to do, especially when you've probably been training at receivers since your time at Wake Forest. We're going to go ahead real quickly. I don't know. I don't usually cover too much high school football, but a lot of high school football popping off in the Midlands in the playoffs where it matters. Camden beat the brakes off of Gilbert 58-7 at Zemp Stadium in the Class 3A Lower State Championship game to advance the state title. Camden had almost 600 yards of offense. Defenders, all, no matter if you're in college, pro, whatever, have been struggling. High school have been struggling this year. But anyway, the Camden will face Daniel High School where the likes of Shaq Lawson, DeAndre Hopkins, <coughs> excuse me, among the idiot, many others attended. This game will be Saturday at 3.30 at Spring Valley's Harry Perrone Stadium. So hopefully it's not too cold. Make sure you go out there. Dutch Fork did beat Sumter, Sumter Gamecocks 24-0 to advance as well. I was really excited to see that one. Two quarterbacks, we got, I think that's Will Poyer, Will Poyer, or Will Taylor. One of the two, first at Dutch Fork versus Hunter Vasquez, if I'm not mistaken, at Sumter. Uh, Sumter didn't get the win, but Sumter's definitely one of the more consistent programs as far as uh, winning a lot of games. They just haven't been able to make it to the state championship, but anyway. Dutch Fork will play T.L. Hanna at Benedict Stadium Memorial Stadium on Saturday. So a lot of people I think are going to leave that are going to leave the Camden game or Spring Valley hit straight over there. I'm sure ticket price will be like $10, $11. So y'all make sure y'all can get your tickets. AC Floor will be playing. At, I'm, it's either going to be Dutch Fork than AC Floor or AC Floor than Dutch Fork. I was on the state website, but y'all know the state got that wall barrier, so I'm not paying for it. I'm just not going to happen. I, I have it up on the Instagram page though, or later this week. AC Floor will be playing North Myrtle Beach after taking care of, I'm pretty sure the name is Catawba Ridge. So they'll play North Myrtle Beach, which is where Luke Dotty went at Memorial Stadium on Saturday. It should be a great one. So a lot of high school football in the Midlands, team from the Midlands making to the state championships. And Camden's not the Midlands, but it's almost like it. So we're, we're just going to go ahead and include them in it. Well, it's not Columbia. I think it might be considered the Midlands. Last but not least, y'all, although, you know, we usually talk about college football, I had to throw in some stuff about this Mike Tyson fight. Did watch it, was very disappointed. Mike Tyson fought Roy Jones Jr. Saturday night. Ended in a draw. Mike Tyson was okay with that. It seemed like Roy Jones actually didn't want to draw more than Mike Tyson. And this just is not the Mike Tyson I, not, I grew up watching, but I've seen on YouTube. I just really want to see that aggressive Mike Tyson probably knock him out within the first couple seconds, and that just didn't happen. And like I said before, it ended in a draw. A lot of people felt like Mike should have still won. 
it to me it would have been it would not like it still would not have been the same. I was really looking forward to seeing a KO. So I paid the $49.99 for the fight. Well, actually, my aunt paid for it. That's neither here nor there. Mike said that he will fight. Mike Tyson has said that he will fight again. Roy Jones Jr. said he has talked to his wife, his mom, his dad, his siblings, his church, Jesus Christ, and everybody else. Which lets me know he don't want to fight. He, he's really not trying to do all that. Mike kind of just threw that to him on live camera. And so it was kind of like, okay, I guess I got to say something. But I don't think, I think Roy Jones Jr. is going to get whatever. I'm ever much he's paid for this fight. He's done with this. Because he did seem a little more tired than Mike Tyson. You still, you could still tell Mike has some of that old stuff in him. But it just, it, it just wasn't the same. I probably won't watch the next one. I'll probably read about it or something. But uh, one big bright spot from that game, though, was Snoop Dogg, who was excellent in the commentary game. Uh, he started off the fight saying, man, man this fight looked like two of my uncles fighting in my uh, in the backyard or something. So he did a great job. I think somebody said the best. You got to protect Snoop Dogg at all costs. And, yeah, so, like I said, probably won't watch any more of these Mike Tyson fights, but uh, I'm just going to go on YouTube and watch the old ones. Jamie Foxx has a movie that will be coming out soon about Mike Tyson, about him and his back in his prime, which I think a lot of people are looking forward to. I think they already got the funding, so they're in production mode at this point. Might have got slowed down a little bit because of COVID, but we'll see what happens with that. But y'all, that's all I have for this edition of Matt Sports House. We'll see about next week. Y'all know it's exam time, so see if my analysts, if any of them are ready to go. But if they are, we'll make sure to bring them back on next week. Make sure you follow. You can follow the show's Twitter account, Matt Sports House, but the Instagram account is the one to be popping. So follow Matt Sports House on Instagram, Matt's, M-A-T-T-S, another S, Sports House. Yeah, make sure you follow that on Instagram. And we're going to keep it moving. Always looking to improve. Once again, if you're a small business, want to get your message out, DM me on the Instagram or DM me on Twitter, and we can make something happen. We can check and see what we can do about that. And once again, appreciate you all for listening. Peace.